Are you ready, Hezzy? Oh, I'm here and ready, Ken. <laughs> yeah, now, let's go. Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison. On Island Radio, KISL Avalon, at 88.7 on your FM dial, and anywhere on the planet at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll celebrate Rail Safety Month, hear some more hypochorisms, celebrate Fred Godfrey's birthday, and hear from the Hoosier Hotshots and Joe Smith. It was pointed out to me recently that I've never dedicated a segment to the Hoosier Hotshots. The listener said it might be difficult to decide what date would be appropriate, given all the members of the group with different birth dates, to which my answer is there's no time like the present. But co-founder Ten Treats' birthday was last week on September 13th, so that works too. The Treach family was from around Arcadia, Indiana, about 20 miles north of Indianapolis, and consisted of four girls, five boys, and patriarch, banjo-playing Kenneth. Kenneth and his sons toured vaudeville, but when that family act broke up, Ken the Younger and his brother Paul, better known as Hezzy, joined Ezra Buzzington's Rube Band. The brothers met fellow Hoosier Gabe Ward and formed a trio which landed a job at WOWO Fort Wayne. An announcer at the station referred to them as the Hoosier Hotshots, and the name stuck. In 1933, they were on WLS Chicago with Hezzy on washboard, Gabe on clarinet, and Ken on guitar. When Frank Kettering joined the following year with his bass fiddle, they formed the quartet that would stay together into the 1960s. In the late 1930s, the group had their own show on NBC Radio, sponsored by Alka-Seltzer, appeared on the National Barn Dance on WLS, and made dozens, if not hundreds, of records of their novelty songs and arrangements. Between 1937 and 1950, the Hot Shots appeared in more than 20 movies, and during World War II, they toured with the USO, entertaining troops in North Africa and Italy. The group was able to make the transition to television and continued performing until Hezzy's death from cancer on April 20, 1980. Here are three from the Hoosier Hotshots not heard on the show before.
slipping up and down that old base neck. That's it, Frankie. Kick it, slap it, knock it. Oh, Frank, leave it a wreck. Pick that base. Pick that base. Pick that base. Like you pick a chicken bone. Yeah, use your fingers. <laughs> pick it clean. Like you was a dealing flint. Ah, oh, and then you got pinochles. Now, when you're eating grapefruit, wear your goggles. Yeah, call your shots, Charlie. Many other pointers I could mention. Mention? Always oh. gesture with your fork. Friday means it's fish or pork. Thank you for your very kind attention. Now, always leave the spoon up in the coffee, see? That's wrong. With a soup sound, you rain. Now the napkins are to catch the food. What bounces off of the knife? So tuck it in so it's gonna stay there. Rock, 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 rock. Always laugh when nothing funny happens. Oh. <laughs> now many other printers I could mention. Mention. Always oh. gesture with your fork. Friday means it's fish or pork. Thank you for your very kind attention.
The Hoosier Hot Shots, February 15, 1938, in Chicago from Vocalion 4024, and their version of Etiquette Blues, written by Gail Grubb. Before that, Bruce Dickinson needed more cowbell from Blue Oyster Cult, but Ken Treach needed more bass from Frankie Kettering on Pick That Bass from Conqueror 8803, January 20, 1937. Pick That Bass was written by Al Bernard and Gertrude Bernard. I last played When Pa Was Courtin' Ma in August of 2021 by Stuff Smith and his Onyx Club boys, but we started our tribute to the Hoosier Hot Shots with their November 15, 1938 rendition, another Conqueror 78, number 9191. When Pa Was Courtin' Ma was written by Jack Manus and Leonard W. Joy. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Answer, every three hours. Question, how often is a person or vehicle hit by a train in the United States? Operation Lifesaver is a public awareness organization dedicated to saving lives by providing the public with rail safety education in order to end death and injuries near railroad grade crossings. And September is Rail Safety Month. Now back when Cajon Kev, Clickety Clack, Train Virgin, Rock Island Rita, and Viking and I were hopping freight trains, we had a motto that guided our activity. Trains. They're big, they're dirty, and if they hit you, they'll kill you. And another was, there's never a tie at the crossing. Keep those sayings in mind as you listen to these rapidly rotating railroad-related records. I had a girl named Annabelle. She thought the world of me. But for some cause or family, and I could not agree. And if I call there at her house, for sure to start a fight. So for that reason, we would take the walk each Wednesday night. Down by the railroad track, down by the railroad track. I'd hold her hand and she'd hold mine, down by the railroad track. Some people spoon in parlor chairs and some in Ford sedans. But Annabelle and I, we had to make some other plans. We couldn't use the parlor and we had no Ford, you see. So every Wednesday night you'd find sweet Annabelle and me down by the railroad track. Down by the railroad track. We'd sit for hours and hours and hours down by the railroad track. I courted her for seven months until one summer's day. Her father found it out and then there was the deuce to pay. He said, young man, come here to me. I want a word with you. And where do you think I found myself when finally I came to? Down by the railroad track. Down by the railroad track. The birds were singing merrily down by the railroad track. We're married now and settled down with children of our own. 
Across the door there hangs a sign that says, God bless our home. Both she and I take walks each night, but up and down the floor. To try and get the kids to sleep, we never walk no more. Down by the railroad track, down by the railroad track. I wonder who is there tonight, down by the railroad track. It seems to me the big events that happened in my life. Like smoking my first cigarette, proposing to my wife. All happened in the self-same place, for sure a jinx to me. And still there's couples there each day, they call it heavenly. Down by the railroad track, down by the railroad track. That's where I lost my liberty, down by the railroad track. The other day, our little girl said, Mama, tell me do. If good girls go to heaven, do the bad girls go there too? No, just good girls go to heaven, dear. The mother softly sighed. Then, Mama, where did the bad girls go? And Annabelle replied, down by the railroad track, down by the railroad track. Now run and play and don't you stray down by the railroad track.
Marvin Taylor and Douglas Spivey with Railroad Boomer, written by Carson Robison from Bluebird B8671, made in Atlanta, Georgia, on October 11, 1940. Palmer Braden Maccabee was an American blues harmonica player born in Cherokee County, Alabama, on April 28, 1894. Before Railroad Boomer, you heard half of his entire recorded output. Maccabee's Railroad Piece, also recorded in Atlanta on February 21, 1928. We started that rail safety segment with Frank Crummett, who was down by the railroad track on April 22, 1930. Frank wrote the tune, Billy Curtis the words, and Take Two of Three was issued on Victor 22423. Have a particular song or artist you'd like to hear on Rapidly Rotating Records? Well, you can send your requests and your comments about the show by email to glenn at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or send cards or letters to Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. That's Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. 
Last week's segment about hypochorisms was cut a bit short because of time. So for this segment, we're going to continue with some more terms of endearment. Here are the State Street Ramblers.
In 1904, 20-year-old cartoonist George McManus went to work for the New York World newspaper, owned by Joseph Pulitzer, drawing for the Sunday Comics section. One of his creations, and the longest-lasting, was titled The Newlyweds. The characters were Mr. and Mrs. Newlywed, a term new to the lexicon at the time, and while they may have had given names, they were never revealed because the couple called each other by hypochorisms such as lovey and dearest dumpling. In 1907, the couple had a baby, and it was the same story. He was called by terms of endearment such as tootlems and snookums. I don't know if Mr. and Mrs. Newlywed's child was the inspiration for the title, but we just heard snookum performed by the Halfway House Orchestra, recorded in New Orleans on April 13, 1928, issued on Columbia 1041D. Snookum was written by Lee Alexander Bennett, who was still writing in the 1940s, giving us Dancing Party and Smile When You Say Goodbye, Dear. Fun fact, there's a rag by Charles L. Johnson titled Snookums. And another fun fact... Case law said that if a cartoonist switched newspapers, he could take his characters with him, but had to leave the title of the comic strip behind. So when George McManus was lured away by money from the New York world to William Randolph Hearst's King Features Syndicate, Albert Carmichael continued Mr. and Mrs. Newlywed. McManus's new comic strip, an exact clone of Mr. and Mrs. Newlywed, was titled Their Only Child. And later, when McManus switched papers yet again, his new strip was titled Snookums. Before Snookum was Austin Wiley's Golden Pheasant Orchestra with Honey Bunch, being heard for the first time on the show. Frank Bessinger was the vocalist on that song written by Cliff Friend. It was recorded April 21, 1926, with Take 4, issued on Vocalion 15333. If you like that record, and how could you not, Austin Wiley's birthday is coming up in December. We started this hypochorism segment with Tell Me, Cutie, written by Cletus Wickens. The State Street Ramblers were pianist Jimmy Blythe, W.E. Burton on kazoo and doing the incidental singing, drummer Cliff Jones, Baldy MacDonald on clarinet, and Bill Johnson on bass. Jeanette 6589 was recorded in Richmond, Indiana on June 19, 1928. Yesterday, September 17th, marked the birth in 1880 in Swansea, Wales of Llewellyn Williams to Robert Williams, an auctioneer, and Maria Jane Knight. Doesn't ring a bell? You may know him better as composer and songwriter Fred Godfrey. On July 1st, 1901, at age 20, he married Bertha Gwynne Lloyd at All Saints Church in Glamorganshire, Wales, and they eventually had four daughters. Llewellyn was working as an auctioneer for his father, but shortly after the wedding, the couple moved to London. 
He played piano and could write music and lyrics, and by around 1906 was selling songs as Fred Godfrey, a less ethnic name, which also fit better on sheet music. In 1907, Fred teamed up with lyricist Harry Castling on I'll Tell You Tilly on the Telephone, Meet Me Jenny When the Sun Goes Down, and It's the Only Bit of English That We've Got, which became a hit for Billy Williams. Williams bought an increasing number of songs, and from 1911 until his death in 1915, almost all of Williams' recordings were collaborations with Godfrey. With the coming of the Great War, Godfrey churned out war songs, most of them forgettable, other than Take Me Back to Dear Old Blighty, one of the iconic tunes of World War I. Following the war, Godfrey was less successful, but had a bit of a comeback in the mid-twenties using pseudonyms including Eddie Stamper, Don Graham, Edward Elton, and Godfrey Williams. In 1929, Godfrey was contracted to go to Hollywood to write for films, but the Depression put an end to the deal before he could cross the pond. Godfrey continued to write in his old-fashioned comic song style through the 1930s and 40s. In November of 1940, George Formby recorded Godfrey's 1917 war song, Bless Them All. In the intervening years, it had become sort of an unofficial anthem of the Royal Air Force and was one of the most famous songs of World War II and Godfrey's biggest hit. Fred Godfrey died February 22, 1953, at age 72, and is buried in Pinner New Cemetery. Here are three from Fred Godfrey. Baby, up in the moon. 
Mädchen. Department of a little kitty store, Dolly Dimples fell in love one day. A hero was an admiral, the kind the girls adore. But one fine day he had to sail away. Who takes the little dollies all by storm in his natty little uniform? Shouting all aboard There's a tear in little Dolly's eye As the dream boat leaves the shore Till the little toy town admiral Comes sailing home once more It was also recorded by Gene and Glenn, but we just heard the Anglo-Persians under the direction of Louis Katzman and their March 1930 recording of the Toy Town Admiral, written by Fred Godfrey and Paul Andrew. The vocalist on Brunswick 4792 is unidentified, but it was also released in Australia and Germany. Before that, the Savoy Quartet were down Texas Way on December 20, 1917, on HMVB 896. The Savoy Quartet were Joe Wilbur on banjo and vocal, Emile Grimshaw, also on banjo, Dave Comer, and Alec Williams on drums. Down Texas Way is credited to Frederick W. Godfrey, Bennett Scott, and Arthur J. Mills. I last played There's a Little Baby Up in the Moon in 2014, but we started the set with a much better transfer and restoration of Edison Blue Amberol Cylinder 2997, made June 14, 1916. Irving Kaufman was the vocalist, and There's a Little Baby Up in the Moon was written by Godfrey and Lawrence Wright. (laughs) ¶¶ 
Doing our part to keep alive the music of the 1920s and 1930s, this is Rapidly Rotating Records, Sunday evenings at 6 on KISLFM 88.7 Avalon and available anytime online at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com. Because of all the information in the previous segments, which I hope you find interesting, and a four-minute Edison record in there, I have time in this segment for only two records, which is just fine, because I want to play two sides by Joe Smith's Martha Lee Club Orchestra, and here they are.
There you have half the entire recorded output of Joe Smith's Martha's Club Orchestra, described as the best-known radio band in the country. Not the Joe Smith who played trumpet with Fletcher Henderson from 1925 to 28. This Joe Smith wanted to be an attorney, but began playing drums in his father's orchestra. He then took up the clarinet, saxophone, and accordion, and in the early 1920s formed a band which played at the Martha Lee Club. The Martha Lee Club was located on the second floor of the Ohio and Lowe's State Theater building on Euclid Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio, and Joe Smith's orchestra broadcast live from the club over WHK, Cleveland's first radio station. Unfortunately, I couldn't find anything about Martha Lee herself, but an ad in the January 6, 1923 edition of the Elyria, Ohio Chronicle-Telegram says good, clean, well-conducted dances with the finest dance orchestra have made the Martha Lee Club famous. We started the set with a tune called Nora Lee, composed by Joe Smith and Eddie Purcell, pianist and vocalist in the band. This was an instrumental, but there are words written by Isabel K. Robertson, who wrote a handful of songs including My Name Will Always Be Chicky, recorded by Phil Spitalny. No relation to Martha Lee, Nora Lee was a fictional character in a serial published in the Cleveland News at the time. And we finished up with the flip side of Nora Lee, Don't Bother Me, written by Carl Rupp. Both of those were recorded by OK in New York and issued on OK for 0322, but they were also issued on the Martha Lee label, sold to customers at the club. Joe Smith's band recorded two more sides for OK on April 8, 1923. Fun fact, in May of 1923, Russell Brady sued the Martha Lee Club for $2,000, claiming that the club refused to pay him promised compensation for his participation in a marathon foxtrot dance contest in which he danced for 48 hours and 38 minutes. I don't know if he won the suit. I do know that I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always... I thank you for your very kind attention.